Blog Talk Radio. You're listening live to an edition of ATL Prime Sports. Todd Quarter here in the ATL along with my uh, producer Mark Mancini in Los Angeles. JJ is out and so is Wayne. They'll join us next week. Our guest is David Walker of the Rebel Walk and he is going to preview the Southeastern Conference, the nation's premier conference in college football. It just means more. Uh, David, welcome to ATL Prime Sports, and uh, glad to have you on this evening. Todd, Mark, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Since this is ATL Prime Sports, uh, I, I, you know, we're previewing the Southeastern Conference. Uh, you know, one of the questions I've got to ask you, and we got to start it right off, is um, I would say the JT Daniels effect from Georgia. This is the year uh, on paper that Georgia's supposedly going to overtake Alabama and the JT Daniels effect is when he came in late last season after all his all the injuries and everything like that Georgia started turning the corner um can the Bulldogs take that next step this year and 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 uh, win the SEC well, I think they, uh, I think they've got as good a chance as anybody, particularly in the East, because uh, I think it's uh, hands down right now with JT there now quarterback and uh, new offensive coordinator who's come in. He's shaking things up. I think that uh, uh, Georgia's hands down the pick in the East, and uh, so so it remains to be seen if they can can overtake uh, the Crimson Tide, but. Uh, I know everybody over there in Georgia is really thinking that uh, this might be the year that uh, Kirby could get, and uh, quite possible. JT had a really good, uh, really good finish to the uh, 2020 season, and uh, coming out of the East, there, I don't think the East is going to be quite as strong as it was last year. I don't think Florida is going to be as strong as they were. So, uh, really, all Georgia's got to do is just stay healthy. And uh, win that division and get to the uh, and get to the SEC championship game. And everyone that I know fully expects them to do it. Now JT may be, you know, he could be a Heisman Trophy winner. He's up there in the uh, top four or five right now with the betting odds, and uh, which is pretty good company. Um, you know, with Bryce Young of Alabama and Rattler out of Oklahoma. So, uh, and with the, uh, I think, opening up the offense, like I have a feeling that they're going to do, uh, Kirby's been one of the one of the mainstays of a conservative type offense, something what, you know, like what Jimbo runs at A&M. And uh, I, think, I think he has found out that, you know, to, to get any further in the playoffs and to win it all, you've just got to have an excellent passing game. And I think that's what they're going to be concentrating on, particularly early in the season, uh, but then again throughout the season. And JT Daniels is highly regarded. And Georgia, of course, is the uh, odds-on favorite to win the East. So we could be seeing an Alabama-Georgia showdown again uh, for that SEC championship and a trip to the Final Four. You know what? Uh, Just switching over to the other side of the ball, David, you know, the secondary for Georgia, it was gutted by graduations, early departures, and transfers. 
we all know that the receiver corps is, is talented. Of course, we've got the uh, George Pickens injury to deal with, does Georgia. Um, you know, you're right. It's, it's going to be about that passing offense for Georgia, and, and also it's going to be about defending the pass. Yeah, you, you know, there's, I was looking at some statistics today and really uh, came across one that I found to be particularly interesting, and that was third down conversion uh, for last season. And I saw that Alabama was number one in third down conversion. And uh, that struck me as, well, you know, they've done it before. They're, they're usually really high in third down conversions and also really high uh, in the red zone percentages. Uh, but I got to looking and I saw that uh, on third down conversions defensively, Alabama ranked 77th in the country. So, you know, you got to turn that around. You got to look at it as, well, shoot, you know, you have, uh, you have uh, Alabama winning the national championship with the number 77 third down conversion defense. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. So I think uh, what it tells you is that the offensive side of the ball, and I think Nick Saban has already made this comment, the offensive side of the ball is where you've got to really excel because the way defenses are today, it's not like the old three yards and the cloud of dust mentality. You've got to have some real athletes out there who can play and who can run. And um, I think that uh, the defense probably has a little bit less importance at this point in time for a Georgia football team than its offense does. Hey, uh, David, you know what? And we're going to find out how really good Georgia is right out of the gate because they play Clemson uh, in Charlotte to start the season. Uh, that, that, that right there, we're going to see how good each team is. And each team can probably afford a loss as long as they pretty much run the table the rest of the way. But what an awesome test, um, not only for Georgia and Clemson, uh, but uh, for the SEC and the ACC. And then, of course, what an awesome treat it is uh, for all college football fans to be able to witness that matchup right away. Man, is that going to be fun? I guess it's probably the best uh... – Weekend. I was looking today at the uh, the lines, the betting lines that have come out, and uh, you know Clemson, I think was uh, four point favorite, and it's down to three and a half now. So Georgia, people are liking Georgia in that game. Um, and uh, if the game is anywhere close to that spread, where we're looking at a you know game winning field goal at the end, I mean, what is it like that will be to to open the 2021 season, right? So. Uh, and like you say, Todd, I mean, we're talking about we're talking about the SEC and ACC and, and the way things are starting to pan out. It looks like those are going to be the two super conferences, um, you know, uh, and, and no disregard for the Big Ten, of course. But the ACC and SEC opening up this season as they are uh, with a marquee football game for everyone. Um it's it, it's just going to be wild. It's going to be electric, and I can't wait for that game to uh, actually the first weekend. But I really I'm really looking forward to that football game. And the other one that I, I'm looking forward to is LSU and UCLA. I think that's going to be a really tight, uh, somewhat explosive football game. LSU's uh, in UCLA. Uh, that's just going to be a tremendous uh, 
tremendous outing for both of them. And we're going to be able to see it a lot. You know, I'm looking for the team like LSU of 2019. You know, a team that comes from no out of nowhere. You know, uh, Joe Burrow, had, he wasn't first team preseason All-SEC. He wasn't second team preseason All-SEC. He was a 200-to-1 long shot to win the Heisman. Uh, LSU had no shot really at winning the national championship and just went to Texas, won that first game um, in that SEC Big 12 matchup there in Austin. And it was lights out from there on for LSU. You just never know what coaching staff is going to come in, what quarterback is going to catch fire, uh, what receivers are going to turn into to truly great ones uh, until we get going. And you can really tell a lot usually from that first game. So Georgia Clemson's big. Georgia Clemson is big. Really looking forward to that one, see what we have. You know, David, Mark Mancini uh, here, and so blessed to have you on uh, for this great uh, show, the ATL Prime Sports Podcast. Uh, when I look at Georgia, and I, I don't want to have, you know, uh, the Bulldogs come after me, but when I look at this program, i, I got to go back to where the bar was set with this program when Vince Dooley was running it. You had Buck Ballou and Herschel Walker there. And then ever since, it just it, 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 this is just my opinion, it just seems to be it's been a bridesmaid trying to get past the Alabamas. Uh, is that just dust in the wind that I'm throwing out there, or is that a pure fact that this team just has is, is been chasing that squad ever since because that, that was a, a, a potent uh, team back then when, when those three were there. It just seems like over the years, yeah, you, you know, you win the conference, but you get in that championship game and it's a different Georgia team that we've accustomed to seeing. Yeah, you've really got a point there, Mark. I mean, you know, Georgia just seems to be kind of a hard luck team that uh, just gets right on the brink and then just doesn't have quite enough to to finish the deal. Uh, I remember Buck Ballou, uh really well because I was a true freshman starter uh, myself back in 73 and and, of course, he and Herschel came uh, oh, a little while after that, after I was through playing ball. And I, always, uh, I was always an SEC guy because I grew up in Louisiana and I actually signed with LSU. Uh, my SEC letter of intent before changing my mind to go to A&M. So uh, when my career was over at A&M, I just got right back into the SEC because the Southwest Conference didn't really appeal to me. And uh, then later, the Big 12, which didn't either. So I've been an SEC guy my entire life, and I really enjoyed uh, watching Buck Ballou play. And uh, what was his number? Do you recall? Because it seems to me like it may have even been my number. But, uh, uh, yeah, well, what was his number? And I was number eight. I don't know what Buck was, but I he was a uh, – um, I always tell everybody that uh, the reason Steve Young wore number eight was, you know, because I was his idol, and and uh, that's really not true, but it, it's nice to throw out there. So it has been a while for Georgia, you know. It's been a while for a lot of teams, and uh, you know we all saw Mississippi State win its very first national championship of any kind. Uh, just a month or so ago in baseball. And uh, just like LSU in 2019, I'll, I'll revert back to that. 
I mean, if you can come out and your coaching staff is is on top of their game and you have a quarterback and receivers who are on top of their game, um, then, then you know, miracles happen. You know, I've always wondered about Jake Fromm. You know, he just uh, uh, started out really well. I thought he was going to be the answer and uh, just didn't quite get it done. But, you know, I can't really single him out because there have been a number of quarterbacks at Georgia who, uh, for whatever reason, just haven't got it done. And, you know, it's a, a, a hotbed for recruiting. You know, they got a, a beautiful campus. They do a lot of things right. Uh, you know, they have a fan base that, that is rabid. And, um, you know, their time's coming. You know, I, there's no doubt. And I think uh, they may want to get it done before Oklahoma and Texas go into the West and Alabama and Auburn go into the East because that's going to present a whole different set of problems for them. Well, that, that'll be some interesting times. And, and speaking of some uh, interesting times, you know, Alabama will shift over to the Tide. Um, they're literally going to defend their national title uh, here in Atlanta when they play the University of Miami. And it seems like, David, this year it's going to start with Alabama's defense because the offense only returns three players, and they had massive losses. As you know, they had Mac Jones. Uh, the nation's most efficient passer, Najee Harris, arguably the most feared big play uh, running back in the game, Devontae Smith, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner and probably the most feared big threat uh, wide receiver. They lost consensus All-Americans on the offensive line and Alex Weatherhood and Landon Dickerson. And, you know, they lost the coordinator who called the shot, Steve Sartagian, who's now at Texas. So, you know, um, we're going to find out a lot about Alabama on opening night offensively. Their defense should be good, but the question is, how good will their offense be? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, Alabama is Alabama. Nick Saban's Nick Saban. And, uh, you know, regardless of what their situation is on offense, you know, they change coordinators about every year. And uh, now they brought in another one. Uh, of course, he's very familiar with the college game, having uh, coached there for years before going into the NFL and with the Texans and so forth. And and Bryce Young, I mean, they were talking about Bryce Young last year um, uh, beating out Mac Jones for the starting job in preseason. And, of course, that didn't happen. And as you said, Mac Jones was uh, number one all-time in QBR. QBR has been kept since 2005 or so. Um, at the end of the year and was uh, a strong candidate for a Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, and uh, they, uh, I don't think they're going to change anything offensively. They're going to have some new players. They're going to have new people to plug in there. Um, and uh, that's going to give, uh, you know, with the defense that they have, they're going to have plenty of time to get that offense uh, roaring again like, uh, like they're accustomed to. Again, when you're number one in the country in third down conversions and uh, you're doing something right, I just don't think Nick is going to change anything at all with that offensive scheme. That Lane Kiffin uh, actually put in for him uh, years back when he decided from watching uh, Ole Miss, you freeze his offense, and watching A&M air raid uh, that uh, Sunderland was running. You know, I remember uh, – 
Nick kind of complaining about the, the speed of the game and how it was bad for the players. And uh, so he had to make a call and got Lane Kiffin in and told Lane, listen, I need to, you know, can't beat them, join them. So that's what he's done. And uh, it's just uh, an amazing offense that they run there. You know, it's a clinic every time they line up, uh, you know, with their tight ends or their flex ends or their, you know, uh, different sets and different packages that they use. And it's fun to watch. And uh, I think it's kind of the, becoming the norm in college football now that you have to be a multiple offense. You've got to have uh, different type receivers. Your tight end has to be a receiver. And you uh, pre started some of that when he was at Ole Miss. And uh, kind of kind of turned heads when he beat Alabama two years in a row, and uh, you know that uh, uh, that kind of got things rolling. Alabama, you know, they're just odds on favor to win the national championship, as they should be. And of course, Clemson, even though they've got a new quarterback this year, they're they're up there as well. Ohio State should be back in it. You know, that's another team right there. Third down conversions. They're in the top five or six of power five teams last year. A shortened year, but, uh, you know, still very efficient. And, hey, David, uh, um, know, George, if, I, if, I, if I may ask you, um, we got about uh, 12 minutes to go on the show. I uh, just want to let everybody know where they can reach you on Twitter at David Walker QB. And also, uh, everyone who want to go ahead and uh, check out at the Rebel Walk, uh, the Rebel Walk is your source for Ole Miss Rebel sports information. We'll stick with the SEC West. Like I said, we got 12 minutes left, so we're going to try to get through the top contenders before we're done quickly. Uh, have Jimbo Fisher's Aggies arrived? Because last year was a banner season for A&M. They were 8-1 and one in conference play. It was their best since leaving the Big 12 and in 12. They upset Florida at Kyle Field, snapping an 18-year home streak uh, versus top five opponents back to 0-2. They had that come from behind win there over North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. Their final ranking was AP in the fourth, which was fourth overall, and it was their best finish since 1939. Has can Texas A&M have they arrived? Can they um uh, can they top Alabama this year? Going to be a big ask. I mean, uh, you got a brand new quarterback going to be Haynes King. Uh, you've got an excellent running back in Isaiah Spiller, uh, who really showed I think what he was made of last year. Uh, I didn't watch A&M a whole lot last year, but I did watch the bowl game. I thought he was tremendous. And I think he, uh, at this point, deserves that first-team preseason All-SEC nod that all the riders gave him. Uh, you know, they have some, they have some, uh, a lot of defensive players back. They, they lost some linemen, but they do have an All-American in there. And so, uh, and everybody's giving them the benefit of the doubt because you know Jimbo's the head coach there. Jimbo's done uh, some things that have really improve the program. I think that they'll make a run at it. They'll make as big a run at it at Alabama as anybody in the division will and uh, possibly in the country. You know, they 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 were right there on the cusp of making it into the uh, college football playoff last year, uh, A&M was. And, and uh, of course, Notre Dame got in in front of them. Uh, Notre Dame had played more games. And uh, had a had a better record. A&M was eight and one, 
Uh, A&M missed out on playing Ole Miss because A&M had issues with COVID. And that one game right there, should they have won, and I, there's no guarantee that they would have, uh, you know, may have cost them a shot in the Final Four. So we'll have to see. But I know the momentum's there. I know uh, everybody's, uh, you know, really fired up about this coming season. I think Jimbo won the national championship at Florida State in his fourth year there. So everybody's kind of uh, transferring that over to this this A&M situation. Um, and uh, right now, everybody, you know, they've got a great tight end. Uh, you know, the defense is strong. Uh, they've gotten, as you said, over some bugaboos that they've uh, had trouble with for, well, this 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 uh, century, actually, since 2000, at home, uh, they have a sub-500 record against Power 5 team. And now Jimbo's gotten that turned around, undefeated last year, of course, at home. And, um, you know, if he can keep you know, that trend going, then, of course, you know, he's going to be, uh, be uh, bidding for uh, one of those top four spots, whether he wins the SEC or not. And uh, you know, we've had this conversation before about whether there should be all champions in that Final Four or whether you should have an at-large bid. And, you know, if A&M can play Alabama close and uh, stay undefeated the rest of the way, exactly like they did last year, they'll have a shot at getting into the Final Four. Um, or do we have a Final 12 this year? I'm not sure what they actually have come up with. But, yeah, uh, you know, the, no, the playoffs will be the playoffs will be four this year. Speaking of fourth on my list of SEC teams, uh, the Tigers, LSU. Uh, you know, they, Max Johnson looks like he's going to be the quarterback uh, for Louisiana State, and, and you know they've got a lot of guys returning. I mean, they've got nine, seventeen, eight on offense, nine on defense, plus they have their kicker returning. LSU has one of the best defenses in the country. And, of course, you know, Alabama may not be as strong offensively this year. That's another team that could potentially knock Alabama off, David. Oh, man, I love LSU. I think LSU is really a team to watch. Max Johnson was superb in that Florida game. Uh, You know, big old tall left-hander. He could really throw the ball around. And, uh, you know, Coach Orgeron is going to have those guys – Playing hard, they've got great talent. Uh, they've got great ability. They've got great tradition, great fans. Um, uh, it's just going to be, uh, you know, I'm looking at LSU and A&M, you know, probably trying to run down Alabama. But you're right, Todd. LSU is going to be a real football team this year, and uh, you you can never count those guys out two years in a row. So uh, yeah, I'm looking for a lot of good things. Uh, out in Stingley and that you know in the in the in the defensive secondary as you said, you know a great defense and and uh, you know somebody said the best thing about this defense is Bo Pelini's 500 miles away. You know they they they, <laughs> they did bring in a new defensive coordinator and they're really excited about that. And uh, you know Joe Brady who did so well as as a passing coordinator in 2019 and then went to the NFL. Two of his guys who come back from the NFL and are running that offense now. So uh, they're going to be looking a lot more like 2019 than they did 2020. And that's going to be trouble for everybody. 
Uh, speaking of trouble, this is my sleeper in the SEC. You're going to love the answer. Uh, I think it's old Miss, just a sleeper. You know, they've got eight returning on the offense. They've got Matt Corral. Uh, you know, this kid could possibly win the Heisman of Old Miss this year. The question mark is they only have four returning on defense. And, and if, you know, and they got D.J. Durkin in as a defensive coordinator, one of the co-defensive coordinators, along with Chris Partridge. And D.J. Durkin, wherever he's gone defensively, his teams have done really well. Of course, the disaster at, you know, at being the head coach at Maryland uh, you know, that's another uh, story for another day. But defensively, whatever this guy has done, uh, you know, at Michigan and wherever else, he's been very successful. So if he has this same kind of success and Matt Carell takes that next step at Ole Miss, this is a, definitely a sleeper and a dangerous Lane Kiffin team who can put up between 40 and 50 a game. They've got a shot in the West, David. Yeah, you can't you can't leave out Ole Miss, and I'm not saying that just because I cover the Rebel Walk. Uh, oh, you? We did an article just we did an article just yesterday. It came out yesterday, I think, uh, about uh, you know Matt Corral and what he did last year. You know, he was number three in QBR last year behind you know Mac Jones and Justin Fields, and both of those guys were first round draft choices. He's the fourth SEC quarterback in history to lead the country in total offense per game. Uh, the other ones were Pat Sullivan of 1971, and he was the Heisman Trophy winner and a second-round draft choice. Um, then you had uh, Grossman out of Florida uh, lead the country in, uh, in total offense, and uh, he was a first-round draft choice and a runner-up for the Heisman. And the other, the, the third guy who uh, Matt Corral has now joined was, of course, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel led the country to total offense per game. And uh, he won the Heisman and was the first-round draft choice. So now we're looking at Matt Corral. He's in the company of three guys who are all first- or second-round draft choices and were all Heisman or runner-up winners. So, um, and, and he's coming back into this offense for the second year. They did not have a spring training a year ago. They had, you know, they had some preseason practice and stuff to get ready. But but now he's totally focused, totally ready, has the same offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, back, has the same head coach back. This is the first time he's ever been able to repeat offensive coordinators and offense. They're, they're, they've got a great receiving core. John Rice Plumley has moved out to the slot receiver. Um, it's just going to be an incredible incredible offense to watch. And uh, that's another game I'm looking forward to is them against Louisville. Uh, I think that's on Labor Day. I mean, that's uh, that's going to be in, in, there in Atlanta. And that's going to be just a tremendous matchup right there. But I think we're really going to see some electric offensive football uh, out of this Matt Corral kid. He's, he is ready to go. 30-1, to 1, I think, right now in the Heisman. So, you know, you might be able to make a pretty good penny right there you know, if, you, if you get in now before the season starts. And defensively, you know, they lost Jacquez Jones, uh, their leading tackler from last year. And, uh, he went to Kentucky. He just thought he had a better shot to pros uh, playing for Kentucky. And that was the only reason that I know of. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to rebuild there. But, again, they have some great athletes and did some fantastic recruiting defensive line and 
and the defensive front this year. So they're really looking forward to uh, this season, both offensive and You know, David, uh, we got about a minute and a half left in the show. Um, you, you know, I mean, we, we got through about half the conference, so – uh, and um, we should have you back on maybe next Friday if you'd like to come back on and we can talk about the rest of the conference. I believe next Friday is the 20th of August. It would be at um, 1 p.m. Eastern. I mean, I want to get to Auburn and I want to get to Florida and I want to get the rest because this conference is so deep. So we'll have to have you back on then. Thanks so much for coming on today. I just saw we lost connection with you. That's okay. So what we'll do is we'll have you back on next week. That is fine. Uh, Works out perfectly. We'll talk about Auburn, Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee, and the rest of these really good football teams in the nation's best conference in college football. It's definitely the deepest, and it definitely is. Uh, so top heavy. Mark Mancini still here with me. Uh, Mark, looks like we got about 20 seconds left in the show. I just want to thank you for producing the show for Wayne today, and uh, the crew will all be back next week. Hopefully we'll get David on uh, next Friday to preview the rest of the conference. So our next show uh, live on Blog Talk Radio will be next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can listen in blogtalkradio.com or one three four seven two zero five nine six three one. That's part one of our Southeastern Conference football preview. We'll do next uh, part two on next Friday. Have a great week, everybody. 